Hey, this is the podcast for Word of Life in Bentonville, Arkansas, and this is episode number two, and I cannot wait for what God has for you to hear through our pastor, Bill Rogers. Check this out. Today, I want to continue on with a thought from last week. I talked about, last week, I talked about... Practical faith. Practical faith. That's the faith that you live out daily. If you want to read about people with practical faith, look in, read in Luke chapter 2 about Simeon and Anna. Simeon, a devout man, he's in the temple. He sees Jesus because he'd been promised that he would see him before he died. It doesn't say how long he waited. It does, uh, with Anna, she's like 84 years old. She was married young, and I suppose this means that she was married for seven years, and perhaps he passed away. She's a widow, and she's in the temple day and night with fastings and prayer, and her, her, her practical, her daily faith, her consistently praying and seeking God, um, I believe those kinds of prayers ushered in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, God doesn't do anything on earth without finding somebody on earth that will agree with him to pray it in. Why? Because he gave you and I authority over this earth. That's a separate teaching than what I want to do this morning. But I believe their practical faith Practical faith is seen in our habits, in our daily actions. I talked about that last week. And then I want to talk today about our powerful faith. Powerful faith is it's seen and heard. It's, it's, it's heard. Powerful faith, faith is voice activated. Your faith will... You can, be, you can be filled with faith. I heard a sermon this week about somebody saying, well, this, this man, you know, he needed healing. And his wife said, well, he's just full of faith. And I think his brother Copeland or brother Savelle said, well, that's, maybe that's the problem. He's full of it, but he's not releasing it. You must release your faith. It's word activated, voice activated. And so the word of God says... Whoever says, whoever says to the mountain, to the, to the tree, whoever says to the mountain, be cast into the sea. You have to say it. You have to say it. We, whenever powerful faith calls things that are not as though they were. We heard a, a really great sermon the first week of June by Jan Venter about what happens is you're actually you're actually praying and you're seeing things come to pass that God knows is it's, it's in the future, so to him it already is. See, God is not past, present, and future. God is. 
He said, I am. I'm not used to be. I'm not, you know, now and I'm not few. I'm, I'm just, I am. I always have been, always will be. And so what God sees in your life and what God sees for this earth is what he wants you and I to pray in. He needs somebody on earth to agree with him. Remember, he came to Abraham and he said, could I go down and do anything in Sodom and Gomorrah without talking to Abraham? No, I have to get Abraham in agreement with me because we have authority on this earth. But powerful faith calls things that are not as though they were. Prevention is the best medicine I once heard a veterinarian say. And with our words, we prevent a lot of things. Yes, if you're sick, the Bible says, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. But with your words, with your words, with your conversation, you bring things on or you stop things. Prevention is the best medicine. I once heard you need to build the shelter before the storm. Don't wait till the storm comes. Keep your words in alignment with God's word on a daily basis. Stop that nonsense of, oh my goodness, this world is, come, is crashing down. No, it's not. The worldly systems are going to crash, but we're not going to crash. Can everybody give me an amen on that? So powerful words call things that are not as though they were. In Luke chapter 17, the disciples said to Jesus, increase our faith. You know, the, <clears throat> a good attorney, a good defender goes before the judge on someone's behalf and quotes the law to the judge. But the law says, and you know, gives them where it is and but the law says this, and the law says that. And the judge makes decisions based on how well he persistently argues the law. In the courtrooms of God, if I persistently pray the will and the word of God, the law of God or the word of God, if I consistently pray this, I can tell you all of hell all of hell can be standing against me, but God's going to judge on my behalf according to his word and his will. Yeah. Men ought always to pray. Don't lose heart. Pray faithfully. Pray persistently. James five sixteen. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man, one translation says, makes much power available. It's energetic. Effectual is energetic, hot, zealous, even uses the word, the concordance uses indignant, jealousy as jealousy, indignant. And then it gives the, in verse 17, gives us the example of Elijah, just like you and I. You mean me? Yes, you and I. Just like a lot. He was just like us. He had the same problems, same situations you and I face. He had the same tempter saying, give up. It's not going to work. 
But you know what Elijah done? Elijah went right into the courtroom and he says to the king, he makes a declaration. Now I know, I'm sure it was according to the will of God. I know, I'm sure that God has spoken this to him. He didn't just say things on his own, but he walks right into the king and says, it's not going to rain again until I say so. And it didn't rain for three and a half years. Now I tell you, we've had some droughts around here. I remember uh, a couple of years after we were married, we lived in Rogers. Uh, I didn't hardly, I, I think I mowed my lawn two or three times that summer. Or Shelly did. <laughs> Uh-oh, almost caught myself in a story there, didn't I? Didn't need to be mowed. We did weed a little bit up around the house, you know, where there's a lot of shade. Didn't need to. Why? There's no rain. I'm telling you, we went for about three months, almost three months at that house with no rain. There was other rain spots of rain in this, but not in our yard. And I didn't even pray for it to rain. Well, I finally did, I think, because I was kind of thinking, this is all right. I was having to feed some hay to the horses, but uh, it didn't rain. But that's just at the most three months. We're talking three and a half years, not a drop of rain, because Elijah said it's not going to rain. That's a powerful voice, isn't it? That's a powerful word. He went right in and told the king. Then he prayed again. Of course, he, I won't get into this this morning, but he went into intercession, went to the top of the mountain, squatted down in the position of those women. Back then, they had their children that way, squatted down, and, and six times he sends his servant out and says, go see if you see anything. Don't see a thing six times. Comes back the seventh time, I see a, a cloud like a man's hand. And as I said before, in Arkansas language, he said, you better get to higher ground because it's a fixing to rain. And it did. Powerful man. We need to walk and live in powerful faith. We need to, we need to be saying the will of God. We need to be saying the word of God. When we pray for people, we should pray the word of God. And we need to be powerful in our witness. Now, last week when I planned this, let's just say I, I got this added to this. There's another power. There's another key component to being a powerful witness that I want to talk about this morning. I want to talk about the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. One of the three in the, in the triune Godhead. In Acts 1.8, Jesus said, you shall receive power, dynamic, the Greek word is dunamis, where we get our word dynamite. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you shall be my witnesses. Who is, who is this Holy Ghost? Who is this Holy Ghost? You're watching online. Let me tell you who this Holy Ghost is. Who is this Holy Ghost? In the book of John, Jesus called him in the Greek the parakletos, one that walks along beside you, an intercessor, a consoler, an advocate, 
helper, comforter, spirit of truth. That's who he is. This Holy Ghost power. We sang about it a little in a song this morning. This Holy Ghost that was poured out on the day of Pentecost. We have major denominations that use the word Pentecost because they believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. People say, but I received the the Holy Spirit when I was saved. Yes, I did too. But I wasn't baptized in the Holy Spirit. You probably have seen this. You've seen this, but if you drink, if you drink water, you can be filled with water. But if you go jump in the swimming pool, you're not only filled, but it's engulfed you. That's what the Holy Ghost will do to you. That's the difference. Yeah, I did receive the Holy Spirit, but I needed to be baptized with. And let me just go through this. In the four Gospels, the word filled, full of, come upon is used several times. But in all of the references where it talks about being baptized with the Holy Spirit, it's talking about future tense. It's not talking about present tense. It's talking about future tense. He will fill you. They would be filled. If you look at John chapter 7, verse 37, on that day, that great day of the feast, which was, I believe, the Feast of Tabernacles, Jesus stood and, stood and cried out, saying, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. King James says, out of his belly. Out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit, whom those believing in him would receive, for the Holy, Holy Spirit had, was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So he's talking about something that's coming in the future. They had received him, but they had not received the Holy Ghost because he had not been given yet. <clears throat> so it was something they needed in addition to. Why do I need him? Well, Jesus thought you needed him. That ought to be enough. Why do I need him? Why would I not? Why would I resist the Holy Ghost? Let me just tell you, for those of you that did not grow up in a Pentecostal church, let me just tell you this. Very well-meaning people have told you it's done away with. It is not. I practice it every day. I do not have a demon spirit. I don't. I've seen thousands of people that spoke in tongues that did not have a demon spirit. Yes, I've seen people with a demon spirit, all right. Demonic, as a matter of fact. But I can tell you that the Holy Ghost in speaking in tongues is not a sign of a demon spirit. It's a sign of the Holy Ghost. It's a sign that Jesus said is coming. They got it in the book of Acts. You can have it today. And out of your belly will flow rivers of living water. It'll give you, the, it'll give you power 
It'll give you power to tread on serpents. It'll give you power to work under the anointing of the Holy Ghost to do mighty works of God. You see why most people or a lot of churches don't teach on the gifts of the Spirit is because the gifts of the Spirit operate under the unction of the Holy Ghost and only through people who are baptized in the Holy Ghost. Yeah, you, you, you can give me all the examples you want to. I said that to someone one time, and they gave me an example of, some, of somebody. There are certain things that you can do without the Holy, being baptized in the Holy Ghost, but you can't really work miracles and do signs and wonders without the Holy Ghost operating in your life. It just does not happen. I'm 71 years old. I, I can show you scripture. I can, I can give you the scripture, but I can also tell you in my lifetime, I have never seen the gift of the Spirit operate through somebody who was not baptized in the Holy Ghost. And the reason most people don't talk about it, most churches don't talk about it, is because they don't believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They're afraid. Many people are afraid of it. I'll be nice to you today. Don't be afraid of the Holy Ghost. He'll be nice to you. He's not going to give you, you know, you, you ask the Holy Ghost, you ask a, a, a bread, you think he's going to give you a stone? No, he's not going to do that. He's going to give you exactly what you asked for. And he wants to give you the Holy Ghost. By the way, Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Ghost. He is. Why do I need him? Jesus thought I did. But let me give you some reasons why you need him. Jude 20 talks about we need him for self-edification. Building up yourselves, praying in the Holy Spirit. So it'll make you a powerful witness. Give me, give you an example of that. Peter was a man that walked with Jesus, even denied him just before he was crucified. But on the day of Pentecost, Peter was baptized in the Holy Ghost and instantly became a great witness and preached to all of those unbelievers. And 3,000 souls were saved. That's Peter. That's an example. Why do I need him? Romans chapter 8. I need him so that I can pray the perfect will of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself, by the way, he's not an it. The Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Until you prayed with groanings that cannot be uttered, I'll just say this. You don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you're missing. Travailing in the Spirit is a work of the Holy Ghost in your life. Now he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the, mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. When I pray, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you pray in tongues, when you pray in the Spirit, you're praying the perfect will of God. When you don't know what to pray about, you don't know how to pray about something. And by the way, I do believe that you ought to pray until God reveals to you in English or whatever your language is. You ought to pray until God gives you the, His will and, and what to pray on that. But I can tell you until then, I know that I can pray in tongues and I'm praying the perfect will of God. I said this many times, but I'll tell you again. I pray in tongues 
This doesn't happen anymore, but years ago it did some. I'd be praying in tongues, and I'd pause a moment. It's like my natural mind says, what are you saying? And my spirit man would say back to him, oh, shut up. I'm not talking to you. Yeah, don't interrupt me. I'm not talking to you. Stay out of this conversation. See, the devil can't even argue with you. Your natural mind can't even argue with you. When you're praying in tongues, you're praying the perfect will of God and the natural mind and the devil doesn't know what you're saying, but God does. It's your, communi- your direct con- communication with God with no interruptions. Thank God for that. But you can pray the perfect will of God. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 The manifestation of the Spirit is given to everyone to profit with all. It's given so that we can minister, so that we can be used of the Holy Ghost. Why does the church, why does the church not as strong as it should be? Because it needs strong members ministering one to another. By the way, those gifts of the Spirit in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 are not just for preachers. Not just for preachers. There was a lady come up here this morning and prophesied to us. She's not a preacher. She don't call herself a pastor or a preacher. She just walked up here. But that's the, that's the gifts of the Holy Ghost working through her. That's not her natural mind talking. That's something God gave her. The Holy Ghost gave her. And she ministered to us under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. So why do I need it? So I can minister. So I can So I can build myself up, but I can also build you up with the Holy Ghost. But is it really for me? Is it really for me? Acts 2.39 says the promise is to you and your children, those that are far off, as many as the Lord our God shall call. Who is it for? It's for everyone that asks, everyone that desires to have it. In Acts chapter 10, there was a centurion. His name was Cornelius. He has a dream. Peter has a dream. They later on get together. Peter comes to his house. He's there preaching. Peter is telling them, teaching them about the Holy Ghost With all his house, the word says, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word. And then later on it says they heard them speak with tongues. Peter and the people that came with Peter heard them speak with tongues. Heard them. Who's it for? It was even for Cornelius. He was a Greek. He was not a Jew. He was was an outcast as far as the Jews were concerned. The Jews, the Jews didn't think that God would do anything with anybody but them. And originally that's the way it was. But who's it for? It's for the heathen. <laughs> yeah, Cornelius was a devout man. Calls him a devout man. Calls him a giver, a good man, a really good man. But as far as the Jews were concerned, he's just an outcast. He was a nobody. You say, I'm, I'm not anybody. Let me tell you right now, God wants to fill you with the Holy Ghost. He'll make you somebody. Right. He'll make you somebody that hell recognizes. Right. Instead of you being afraid of the devil, the devil will be afraid of you. Right. Amen? Amen. 
And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. The devil does not want to see you coming. If you're operating under the Holy Ghost, God, the devil does not want to see you coming. He is afraid of you. He's afraid of you. I mean, say amen. This is the power that the church needs today. Let me just give you one last point. What are hindrances? What are the main hindrances to the Holy Spirit or being baptized in the Holy Spirit? Simply a religious, unbelieving mind. That's the only thing. Maybe maybe even a little pride. I don't want to do that in front of people. You don't have to do it in front of people. Go home. Get back here in a prayer closet somewhere. You don't have to do it. You can do it publicly or you can do it wherever you are. But I want to tell you something. He will baptize you in the Holy Ghost. But if you have an unbelieving mind... See, people try to figure God out in the natural mind. You can, I can never figure God out in the natural mind. He doesn't operate in the natural. He operates in the supernatural. I mean, say amen. He's a supernatural God. He's in this room right now. He's in heaven right now. He's all over this globe right now. He is supernatural. We're sitting here this morning kind of, quiet and laid back and just listening to the word and God is doing miracles all over this globe right now while we're talking. Wherever people are, wherever there's people filled with the Holy Ghost, God is moving and doing miraculous things. The song we sang this morning, yeah, there's a miracle in this house because the Holy Ghost is here and the Holy Ghost operates miracles through you and I. Through you and I. Let me just say this about the gifts of the Spirit. Every one of the gifts of the Spirit, and the only one that doesn't directly say this is discerning of spirits, but every gift of the Spirit operates by your words. It's your words that brings it into operation. It's not anything you do physically. It's your words, which, a, which is a supernatural act causing a supernatural Holy Ghost to do a supernatural miracle. And the hindrance to that is that unbelieving mind. Thank God I didn't grow, I grew up in a church that believed in the Holy Ghost. I didn't have to, I didn't have to fight. There's other things I had to get through. I had to resist that I was taught. One of them was condemnation. But I didn't have to, I didn't have to fight through to figure out the Holy Ghost on my own because they taught against it. Thank God for that. I'm not throwing stones at anybody, but I can tell you the Holy Ghost is for you. It's real. It's real. What does it take? It takes a believing heart. It takes a believing heart. How many say How many believe that the church needs the power of the Holy Ghost today? Yeah. This is the praise make a dead man walk again. <laughs> well, wasn't that a great episode? I sure hope you enjoyed it. I hope it enriched your life. I hope it is helping you live a life better after the love of Jesus Christ. If you enjoyed it, I want you to make sure you click on that subscribe button. Also, you can go to our website, WLFAR.com, and click on the Give button and help support what God is doing in our region. God bless you.